I was just going to mention really quick that I was watching this video as I was like doing a little more uh, research on like the donations to or the donation to the New York or whatever. And um, there was this video about like how robots are helping in the battle against like COVID-19 and like in different countries. So like in Italy, they're like using them to like test the patients like biometrics, not biometrics, like they're fucking uh, uh, like... uh, their vitals so like blood pressure like oxygen levels shit like that dope yeah and then one company this is this is the coolest one that i thought uh one company is using those robots um to like you it has like uv lights on it and it disinfects the whole room using the uv light and it talks and it says like please leave the room uh for like this long while we disinfect it or whatever and like there's a there's like an ipad on the door or whatever and it just says like disinfection and process stay away or some shit whoa like it's Wait, cool. what is this for it like it disinfects the room for the patients without anybody having to go in and clean it so like where for example, is this at what like what country um it's a belgian company that's crazy awesome Hello and welcome back to the 40th episode of the Oligarchy Disruptor with your host, Bonnet Leon, and your lovely co-host, as always, Ashley Downing. Hey, everybody. Yo. Okay, so guys, uh, we have um, a couple of great topics for you today. We are going to talk, or we're going to start off with... A story about how a federal inmate dies of COVID-19 and how he contracted it at a federal penitentiary in Louisiana. Um, And his story behind that, which is really interesting. Um, We're also going to talk about China and their donation to their really surprising donation to the state of New York. Um, at a time like this, when they're also struggling, when the whole world is struggling, they're, they made that donation. So I'm sure that's much appreciated. So we're going to talk about those two things. And let's go ahead and start with the first one. Okay, so uh, this federal inmate, Ashley, you, you brought it up to me earlier. Take it away. Let's hear it. Yeah, okay. So his name is Patrick Jones. And he was doing time in, like you said, a federal penitentiary in Louisiana. Um, The crazy situation about this is um, recently the federal government had passed this act where it's called the First Step Act, wherein um, inmates who were convicted of nonviolent drug crimes were offered a relief Um, because of COVID-19 ability to be released from from prison or be released on parole or something like of of, of those sorts. And um, Patrick Jones actually wrote, after hearing about this act, he wrote to his judge and said that, you know, he had um, hoped that he would get some sort of relief from this act um he you know wrote about his son in a letter saying you know he hadn't seen his son since he was a toddler and um you know he really understands his actions how they've affected his family and blah 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 blah, blah. well long story short she uh, denied his petition um so he was uh denied relief 
to get released from prison and actually died a couple of weeks later from contracting COVID-19. Uh, and it's just crazy because this act that was supposed to prevent these exact deaths um, now, uh, it, it completely did not work uh, in Mr. Jones's favor. And it's so sad for, um, I mean, it's sad for anybody to, to die, right, in, in period, but especially at the state or the federal government uh, facility. But the fact that he was a nonviolent offender. This is a guy who got 20 something years for crack cocaine. I mean, it's just crazy. Absolutely insane. For a nonviolent drug offense, this dude fought the last 12 years of his life contesting a sentence that ultimately killed him. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. It's really sad, and I, it makes me wonder how many they, they're talking about all these people who are being released, and that is definitely a very positive thing, but I can't help but think of how many other Patrick Joneses there are out there, not just at federal institutions, but state institutions, private correctional centers, even in jails. Um, I mean, this specific one, I think it's called Oakland. Mm-hmm. Um, they have one of the deadliest outbreaks right now in, in the, uh, just among the federal institutions. I know here in Illinois, um, someone died over at Stateville, which is just a state penitentiary here in Joliet, Illinois, or Crest Hill now. Um, and there's been an outbreak at Cook County Jail from inmates to staff also. So it's just, it's just crazy the, 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 how quick this is going to end up spreading because they are, they are in such cl- close quarters to each other. Um, and then you have this, these staff members who are going to bring it home to their, their families, potentially. Absolutely. It's a really scary situation for a lot of people uh, that don't have much say um, and once again, this goes yeah. back to the inequalities that exist in our society. They're like, who's getting the privilege and the preference here? Like, and who yeah. are the ones that are dying? Like, I sent mm-hmm. you that screenshot earlier today of like Sean King uh, saying that, um, or uh, like tweeting this article um, that uh, said 70% of the people that have died so far of COVID-19 in Chicago are black. Yeah. Like, this is... This is horrible. (laughs) So bad for the majority of Americans. Yeah, and I mean, I'll post this on the the Facebook page, the Oligarchy Disruptor podcast, but um, in this article, it talks about how Patrick Jones was arrested and it, it, I mean, it, he wasn't caught selling drugs. He wasn't, um, he wasn't selling to um, children or anything. Like, I mean, it wasn't. He wasn't caught in the act of doing anything. The police were actually coming to issue a search warrant for someone else whom they did not even find, but they found drugs in his home. Um, and this man was sentenced to twenty years in prison, um, or actually thirty. It went down to 27. Um, But when you think of just the mere fact of getting 27 years for having um, a little over two pounds, um, it's really not 
I mean, I don't, it's just crazy to me. And the fact that he was, I believe, targeted as a, a black ma- male. Um, and then you have this situation now with COVID-19 and these exact people are dying for like, kind of like what we talked about yesterday for this systematic um, issue, this systemic issue in our society that we target minorities for a lot, a lot of different um a lot of different things. Absolutely. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, that's it. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I was, was going to say, like, you're absolutely 100% right about that. Like, this is uh, a virus that has discriminates, uh, has no discrimination, um, and it affects all of us. But it's affecting some of us at a higher rate than others um and of course we know who that is um it's affecting the minorities it's affecting poor communities um uh, all those kinds of uh, minority communities uh so let's go ahead and talk about the next topic now um which is china's donation of 1,000 ventilators to the state of new york Wow. Which is, of course, very much needed. Like, let's pull up their most recent numbers in New York as of yesterday, which would be April 5th, I believe. I mean, April 4th, my bad. 4th, yeah. April 4th. And um, New York had 123,018 cases and 8,000 243 new cases the total deaths as of now are 4,159 with 594 new deaths and that's it for New York Uh, active cases I guess like 106,000 so Really, uh, really, really needed at this time, of course, because as we know, like New York is, to, to give it some perspective uh, of how bad it is in New York, New Jersey, which is the second worst state uh, in total cases at 37,500 is like, it's like four, yeah. it's like three times that. <laughs> It's like three times the cases. Like it's absolutely insane what's going on. And to see these numbers keep going higher and higher. And it's really interesting to see how the federal government is not doing what they absolutely need to do, especially Trump. He's actually kind of surprising me. He's not using everything to like his full, ex- the full extent of his power. Um, I thought he would be more reciprocate. Uh, he would be more receptive and give more to the American people than what or than what he's doing right now. But it seems he is heeding a lot, uh, taking a lot of advice from his advisors uh, and people in the government because this is really fucked up. And when it's really fucked up and distribution of wealth goes in the wrong hands, it's usually because of the quote unquote deep state that is like the advisors and all that shit that works on like Washington DC and stuff um, but yeah once again um, very needed at this time 
Um, and I also wanted to mention along with that donation that uh, Oregon, the state of Oregon, also donated, I believe, um, 100. Oh, wait, what was it? 100? How much? 140. 140. Okay. Yeah. Which That's is awesome. Some, yeah. Like, we, this is the first instance that I'm aware of that another state has donated from their supply to another state. And I think this needs to happen more because mm-hmm. some states, as we know, um, like, which is why the travel ban hasn't been instituted on a national level, like, some states haven't been as affected by this as others. So I think it wouldn't be crazy for them to, for there to be like kind of like a sharing network. Like even President Trump has mentioned something similar to this, but that was about, of course, his own stockpile of ventilators and having to share it amongst the states. But what was wrong is that like, New York basically got fucked on that deal. So, um, which made absolutely no sense since they're the state that's basically the epicenter of the the entire coronavirus crisis. Actually, not only in the United States, but in the whole world. So, um, it's really sad to see what's going on there. But uh, also very, a lot of hope going into the situation. Yeah. And I mean, what you were saying about like um, people needing to maybe shift slash ship (laughs) supplies to other states um governor cuomo was actually uh he had this fabulous powerpoint going during one of his press conferences a couple of weeks ago talking about how healthcare localities are um going to have to start working with each other and kind of shifting medical supplies staff patients if need be if they be certain areas become overwhelmed so the way he kind of explained it was localities will kind of shift around between their hospitals and when the entire locality becomes overwhelmed then within the other localities like um counties and cities in general will start shifting and doing the exact same thing that they were doing just within their community And now we're getting to a point where we have to kind of make that even more broad. So instead of just doing it within the localities and then within the localities within your state, now we needed to be doing it within our states in the United States (laughs) because um, some states just aren't going to get hit as hard as others. It's just a fact. They don't have as many cases currently and they don't have as many, um, they're not as heavily populated. They don't have as many tourists. You know, um, and so the resources should be shifted to areas where it's needed. I, yeah, I 100% agree. And what what you were just talking about reminds me of another thing that Governor Cuomo, I think, a very notable thing that he did. Um, this was from April 3rd, reported by the Chicago Tribune. Uh, of course, available in other um, mediums as well. But the gist of it is that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo vows to seize ventilators and PPE from private hospitals and companies not using them, saying, let them sue me. Who says this? Andrew Cuomo. So wow. he's actually going to seize the ventilators from and the PPE from private companies and hospitals. It's fucking crazy, yeah. So he's actually taking to the, like, this is what Trump should be doing. Like, that's why Governor Cuomo, who's not even running 
in the fucking Democratic nom- uh, nomination for the president has had repeated calls for him to replace Joe Biden uh, as the Democratic um, nominee. Because he's kicking ass on the front it. lines of this fight. I, I love Cuomo. He's getting such crazy respect for me right now. I think he's doing a fabulous job. Yeah, but I think what's interesting about that, like those calls for Cuomo to replace Biden on a side note, let's talk about this. <laughs> um, Joe Biden, like subconsciously, you have to think that Joe Biden is a weak or at least a weaker candidate than Governor Cuomo for you to even consider that and to make that call for him to replace Joe Biden as the nominee. And that's on par with the statistics that say most of Joe Biden's supporters are only supporting him because they think that he can win. And... Uh, I mean, that's just him against Bernie Sanders, those, like, those statistics. But when you factor in Governor Cuomo, he's definitely a much better and more competent leader than Joe Biden. But it just goes to show, like, why are you supporting Joe Biden in the first place? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean... I agree and then I disagree because I think that there are definitely a lot of people who would see Cuomo as being a far stronger candidate. Um, Either way, I think that he would be an establishment candidate. (laughs) Um, Definitely. So I like what he's doing right now. I think he's doing a really great job. I think he's clearly showing um, a leadership leadership skills that um, are obviously needed for the role of the presidency and I think that that's something that Biden lacks um, because, well, number one because of his ever-growing dementia Um, but number two just because I don't, I I think that Biden is going to almost be another Trump in the sense that he is going to have a lot of other people helping him make these decisions instead of having the confidence to make the decision on his own, um, which we see with Trump all the time. I mean, we, Pence calls makes the shots a lot, and so do his, his advisors. They tell Trump what to say. Um, and we know this from teleprompters going out and Trump saying dumb shit. We know this from a lot of things, <laughs> um, that Trump does not make decisions um, on his own, really. Unless it's to change speeches at the last second. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a mini uh, brand there. <laughs> for real. I mean, these are troubling times, but of course we will keep our audience updated. But I think this is a great place to wrap up. So once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of this podcast. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So please give us a five-star rating on um, Apple Podcasts if you're listening on there. Yes. And tell your friends, tell your mom, tell your dogs, tell your cats. <laughs> uh, tell everybody about uh, your new progressive podcast that you're listening to with 
your homies, Bennett and Ashley, who update you on the latest and greatest in the news, um, which we're happy to do. Of course, follow us also on Facebook at The Oligarchy Disruptor. You can follow us on Twitter at Ben the Disruptor and Ashley at Ash the Disruptor. Absolutely. And also, guys, please do not forget to vote. I know with all this coronavirus shit, it's very easy to forget what's going on right now. But um, or what I mean is like the election and stuff that's also going on simultaneously in the background. But over half the nation has not cast their vote yet. So it is very important that you vote in the primaries up until the general election, which we will go to face Donald Trump. So I'll leave it to the queen of voting to give you her spiel about (laughs) that. So I'll go ahead, Ash. All right, everybody. Yes, don't forget to vote. Um, If you do not know where your polling place is, perfect website it's called yourfuckingpollingplace.com and it's very simple just type in your address press okay and your polling place will show up um in the times that they're open again that's yourfuckingpollingplace.com and then um oh yeah any questions you have about voting so what your registration status is um if you can same day register to vote i think a lot of states um Actually, I'm not going to say that because I'm not totally sure about how um, states are. I know in Illinois, they stopped voter registration online quite a few weeks before the actual um, election. But a lot of states have same-day registration. Um, If you aren't really sure what else is going to be on your ballot, there's also a little section for you to see what's on your ballot. And this website is called rockthevote.org. Super awesome. And there's lots of questions. Uh, that's rockthevote.org. Don't forget to vote, guys. All right, guys. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Your word of mouth is our oxygen. So we will leave it there. Thank you once again, and we will see you next time. <laughs>